Hey, what's up, guys? It's Lizzie Jane, and you're tuning into another episode of the XO Podcast. I got the incredible opportunity to sit down and reconnect with Sully at Forbidden Kingdom. He has been through a whirlwind over COVID, and I'm so pumped that he is back to releasing music after a nine-month hiatus. He just released a killer single as well as a new EP called Malfunction on Wakan straight bangers, slappers, please go below the link to this podcast and check it out. Um, We talk about everything from past tour stories to what is next for him, um, the EP and more. Do not forget you can tune into these episodes ad-free a day early exclusively on my Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash this is Lizzie Jane. There's a link below. Go check it out. You can ask my podcast guests exclusive questions and much, much more. Without further ado, this is Lizzie Jane and we're coming to you live from Forbidden Kingdom. You're tuning in to the XO Podcast. doing great good sully oh my gosh you yes. just released a track last week i did first one in a fucking minute uh nine months nine it's been months nine months it's yep. been nine months it's been a journey but you've reached the end point yes and uh it's I all mean, that matters quarantine was good for like stacking up tracks but you know now that festival shows are coming back it was like it, when i made it at the beginning of quarantine that was actually the intention of the song in the first place i want it kind of felt like a summer upbeat vibe so yeah. i wanted to put it out at this moment you know like stuff's yes. coming back it fits you know that like, makes sense well i mean it. this is the type of music that you know our genre is designed to be played in in festivals and clubs so yep. that makes sense to hold on to stuff now you're seeing like the bangers start yeah. to come out you know yep. what i'm saying absolutely it was uh it was interesting i don't know if you found this but during quarantine it was like uh the almost the the mood of bass music changed in this way like i like you know like yep. when festivals are and shows are active i always want to li- like it's like you know when you're getting ready for a show or you're like after the show you're like in the mood to listen to that music but during quarantine like i found myself making a lot of other stuff that wasn't you know really banger a- attitude and honestly it's like like the the it's made me shift my long term vision in terms of like what I'm gonna make too. So it's like it's oh, shit. pretty wild. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. So can you tell us about this like long term shift? Yeah, I mean a lot of it is just working with vocalists, you know? Um That's the way to go. You know, the I, I think um my goal in music is just to I bangers are great but at the end of the day I wanna make a record. You know, like something that has a little bit of timelessness to it. Something that uh, fans can latch on to give it a little bit more shelf life. So I think working with vocalists like gives you that opportunity, like or at least a little bit of a better opportunity. And it could be a one line phrase. It doesn't even have to be this extensive first chorus, uh, you know, whatever it is. It can be a one line phrase. But I think just working with vocalists is a is a big key. Um, for that, you know? I feel like from a consumer standpoint too, that's what like people attach themselves to. So. Because, like, you look at someone who maybe isn't involved in the back end or, you know, they mm-hmm. just love music. Yeah. The first thing that they will always say is the lyrics. The first right. thing that they'll always say is, oh, I remember that melody, yeah. the girl vocalist, the feature, X, Y, and Z. So it's definitely, I feel like that is 
the direction in which you have to go to create a longer shelf life. Yeah. And I also feel like that's the direction that our industry in general yeah. is traveling to, especially post-COVID, yeah. where, you know, you weren't really listening to bangers in your kitchen. You no, exactly, you know? exactly, exactly. Like, it, the mood just, like, I, I, I don't know, it's changed so much, but I'm excited for, I mean, I, and I... You know, I'm, I'm at least doing it with my production as I know a lot of my friends are doing, you know, like working with vocalists or working to get vocalists on tracks. And it's, you know, like I said, it's not that it doesn't discredit just a, a good old fashioned banger with a cool pre-drop vocal or anything. But like, you know, I, I think I'm excited for the, you know, all this music that's going to be unleashed because of what happened, you know? Yes. Yeah. Try to go look at the positive of what happened over the last year, you know? Absolutely. You that way. Definitely, and it's like, well, we made it through. You know, we're at Forbidden Kingdom. We're right. here. It's very surreal. I haven't been out in the crowd yet. I plan to go after our podcast, but, like, when I played Sunset two weeks ago, you just look, and it's like nothing ever happens. Yeah. And you're just like, holy fucking shit. It's almost, be- it's like, it, it's, I mean, it was obviously a horrible, like, like a horrible thing, but it's uh, in this weird way it like ignited the industry in this in this cool way like just like fans are excited like you know not that shows were getting stale or anything like that but like i feel like fans are just more pumped than ever to just get back out there and do the thing you know like it's uh, it's awesome to see and it feels great to be back it's only my second festival that i've played and oh my uh, god yeah, it's only my second no like, this is fucking exciting it's a huge festival it yeah. was originally like independently owned and then yeah. insomniacs took over the concept yeah. so that's is why it's like this yeah. massive fucking thing now yeah you know in boca raton right that's yes. where, yeah i was there last year with uh, i'm sure Mar- i saw and, yeah. you probably, yeah, probably briefly because i was gonna say the last time i saw you was at Janice live in St. Pete yeah. <laughs> with Liquid Stranger on the tour. You yep. Lucid was there and Mitchell Taboo was there. Yep. And and you were just telling us how you had food poisoning. So tell me <laughs> the story about you and food poisoning. All right, everybody. Okay, uh, let's this go. This is gonna be at a all right, so it was really embarrassing at the time, but you know what? I I think I was gonna eventually We're talk. Past it. I was gonna talk to Twitter and Instagram about this story anyway, just because I think it's so funny now. So uh, we were in Tallahassee the night before the Tampa show, and I was I was hungry, and I went to a Mexican restaurant that was right across the street from the venue that we were playing at, and I ate, like, a chicken quesadilla, some rice, beans, or something like that, you know? It's a normal... Mexican you know, normal, Yeah, just normal meal you'd get. Um, didn't really feel right as soon as I ate it, and I go to Yelp right afterwards, and oh all of a God. sudden, I see numerous reports of food poisoning like in the Yelp reviews like one star out of five I was just like this is gonna be bad this is gonna be horrible so um (laughs) tell it tell it tell it tell it no I'm telling the whole thing this is the best time to tell it it is this is gold Uh, it's great so I get through the show like my stomach was hurting but I get through the show um and I did not feel well at all afterwards. Like, I I was sitting in the green room the whole night, sitting on the bus trying to get water in my system, doing whatever I could. Finally laid down on the bus, and we're starting to travel uh, over to to Tampa. All of a sudden, about 4 in the morning, I wake up, and it's it's time, you know? I'm going to, 
I did not feel good. I'll just I won't go into the gruesome details. That's right, but yeah, I did not feel good. Uh, so uh, I run up to the front of the bus, and the only people that are awake are me, Martin, and the bus driver. Okay. Thank God. So yeah. like you know, like not everybody was up. It's like think like. Think about how funny that is. Like the like I you know I haven't been I haven't had the Sully project for that long. This is my first bus tour ever, and it's a huge and the tour rookie to get gets put on. Food poisoning on the bus. Yeah, and like and so I run up to the front and I'm like V, I, I need you to pull over. I need a rest stop right now. I gotta go. And he's and as I'm asking him, I'm not even exaggerating this a little bit. We're going past the last rest stop for 20 miles, oh. like. <laughs> for 20 miles and like a sign is like that blue sign that's like on the a side movie slow-mo uh, last rest stop for 20 miles it was horrible uh so he's like well i guess i'm just gonna have to pull over on the side of the road so uh <laughs> uh pull over on the side of the freeway the I, run in, I run into the woods and you know long story short uh i <laughs> i left my my shorts with my airpods in them somewhere in the middle of florida somewhere because i was oh, i am not <laughs> No. Oh my god, that's a mess. There that's you a go. thing you'll never forget. No, no, no absolutely Martin will not. never forget it either. No, sorry. Oh no, you're fine. Uh, I've been so worried that a storm's gonna hit and just blow the whole tent away. So the that's fu- fine. The best part of it too was like, you know, I'm doing what I had to do, and yeah. Martin's on the bus, and he's like, <laughs> he's like. Dude, it's okay, man. It can happen to everybody. And then he just starts cracking up. Like, he's, like, su- trying to support me, like, yelling out the window, or, like, yelling out the bus, like, door, trying to oh support me. But then God. he's, like, la- like I can hear him laughing at the same time. It's and like, at this point, probably everybody's awake. Like, why nope, the fuck? Nope, nope, no, woke up. no, no, no. They well, all found out the a- next day, though. Yes. They all found out the next day. Like, because I don't, I don't know who said it something. I'm guessing it was V or something. But everybody, I woke up the next day, got some good sleep. I felt better after that. Um... It just has to run through your system because yeah. it, like, poisons your whole fucking well, body. That whole time at in Tampa, too, I felt horrible. I, I would have had no clue. You were covering horrible. it up very well. well by, the, by the time that we met up after the show, too, I yeah. felt better by that time. But the whole day, I didn't eat anything that day. No. I yeah. ate, like, a garden salad. Yeah. At, with just and try I to get maybe something. ate half of it, some croutons. That's yeah. all I ate. I couldn't keep anything down. Because, like, on top of that, I was, like, I, like... I lay so instead of going back to my bunk, I slept on the couch the whole night. Yeah, and I was just constantly yakking, yeah. like just uh, over and over again. So, um, yeah, it was horrible. First bus tour, you know. Yeah, you know, the rookie. The like it, it, it's kind. Of, it's it's so funny to look back at though. You yeah, know? It's, well, it's like it's at like, the time, it's like oh fuck, like this is like kind of embarrassing, kind of shitty, like really bad. I got over it pretty quickly though. Exactly. <laughs> I, I thought it was pretty funny the next day. Well, I feel like with like the Wakan fam too, like especially like the community, like Liquid Strangers, like you know, built and embodied. All of the guys on that bus have to just be like, whatever, bro. Like it doesn't matter. I got some pity, and then I got some shit. After, yeah, you know. So it's I same. feel like that's like family things. <laughs> yeah. But long story short, check Yelp reviews. Check Yelp reviews. Yeah. You should have left a mean Yelp review. Oh, I didn't do that. You should have said, I'm a touring artist, and I was stuck on a tour bus with food poisoning from your restaurant. Yeah. Negative five stars. I, I don't know if they're still open, but it's... Do you know the name of the restaurant? They, no. We have quite a Tampa I, following. You know what I should do is I should look... I, I remember the uh, the venue uh, okay. in uh, Tallahassee, so I should just look up the venue and then... The restaurant was literally in the same, like, parking structure. We'll put a disclaimer. Yeah. I'll literally just put all <laughs> restaurants in the same outlet 
as this venue. A closed Beware. captioning during this podcast, just like yes, <laughs> just like. And I'll say Mexican. Do not so know. Do, do not go to this restaurant when you're in Tallahassee. Florida. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, it's been really cool to watch you evolve with the Wakan family, and Thank it's you. such a close knit group yeah. of artists and other people who help. You know, the whole team yeah. under beneath Martin. It's a huge team, like yeah. wonderful people, like Chloe, like all of them. Yeah. Loper, because yeah. Loper's your manager, yes, right? Yes. yes. Yep. Love Loper. Yeah. He's fucking super dope. I, I want to have him on the podcast one yeah. day. I would love to have him. He'll be here at 11. Maybe you can snag him. He's Maybe the, I can snag I mean, him. He's like, when I when I first talked to Loper, so I put out my first song, and by the graces of nature, it's not like, I don't know how, but he, you know, a week later, I got a DM from Loper, and he's like, hey, can you send me your music? And, you know, you know, within two weeks, we were on the phone, and he instantly felt like a second father figure and so does Martin at this point like they just they feel like family right away and you know at that like early stage you get like management offers and like uh and whatnot but none of nothing clicked like I did with Loper he feels like a brother slash father to me it's like it yeah. it's just it, you just know right away it was one of those you things know you know right. right away um and he's you know he's taught me a lot like I've just like I think the biggest thing with Wakan is like obviously the community that we're building, but loyalty and like just like I don't know they have they have my back like none other like it's that's yeah, amazing it's, it's crazy like and then know. I know you're like really close with like Jake G Rex oh, and yeah. Matt Peekaboo because you were telling me that you left LA and this whole like shit show to come back to Detroit yeah. and you guys are all from Michigan yes so did you know? each other previously yes okay. uh so jake is a few years older than me and matt me and matt are uh, the same age uh we all went to western michigan university that's so funny uh, didn't you all play frat parties i oh remember yeah. talking to matt oh yeah. one time and he's like <laughs> we all played in a frat basement together we literally like, okay. would like like i i was like the i had like all the equipment you know i had like cdjs and speakers we would literally just you were the guy put the shit in my car and drive up to wherever and set it up bar frat like whatever and we would just play and it was it's amazing um but the so i i think to this day i can confidently say i am the longest current g-rex fan i don't think there's anybody that's more of an og fan than me i saw him play probably like within his first or second year of making music uh, and djing because you know he was a few years older but he was still at western i saw him play a red bull pool party and i and he was playing trap music, and I was like, "None of my friends like this. This is I am like I'm by myself here. I'm sitting behind him while yeah. he's DJing, and I'm just like, let's go, baby, like <laughs> the whole time. And like, and I, you know, I didn't know Jake at that time. It was yeah. just kind of like I, I admired what he did. Um, and now I can say he's like one of my closest friends, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, but how me and Matt met is awesome. So we there was a our first year we were at college they opened up a recording program like you know music production okay. program at, yeah. uh, and we both signed up for it we didn't know each other at the time but uh, a lot of the kids that were in our program were composition majors double majoring or like you know music education majors double majoring um, and we were introducing ourselves on the first day and Matt just stands up and he's like hey I'm Matt Lucas and I make dubstep and trap music and I turn around I'm like you're gonna be my best friend and, like, and, uh, like, and we like hit it off instantly like we were just friends right away and 
you know. I like, feel like I like see a little bit of Matt in you when I'm talking to you. You have no which idea is crazy how many people say I'm literally like, like I'm talking to the same person. But that's that's about that's about it. But I can totally see where all three of you connect. Not mm-hmm. and that's so funny because what are the odds? Yeah. Our scene is so small right. that three of you yeah. not only came from like the same university, but like are in the same like subgenre yeah. of <laughs> yeah. bass music. That's wild to think about. Yeah. Like, uh, we've definitely like talked about because we make music together all the time. Like, yeah. Matt, uh yeah, obviously after Western we moved out to LA and whatnot. And that was when you know, Jake was still in Michigan and uh, and we were out in L.A. And that was actually when me and Jake became close, like just talking on Discord, you know, texting back and forth. Like we made this song click and whatnot. And it, like we just became close. I think it's just one of those things when, you know, you gravitate towards, uh, you know, people that you like see eye to eye with. I, yeah. When I went to when I went to um, Icon, one of my instructors always put it. He used the analogy of a bowl of SpaghettiOs. Like, you're the people that you vibe with and the people that you resonate with, it's like this bowl of SpaghettiOs and the dope ones that you, like, flip to the top and you all just see each other on the surface. Oh I don't know God. why he used SpaghettiOs, but that was what he used. And No, it, that's like, great. And, and it, like, it, like, I feel like I use that all the time when I'm just, you know, talking to other artists, like, you know, what's it like knowing Matt and, and Jake and like how do you know how, coming up with e- each other? And it's like, I mean, that's it. It's kind of that's the analogy I use, and and, and it works with me. And I I don't know, they're like two of my best friends, and I'm so proud of them, like yeah. what they're doing. No, like, that's no, it's, it's so cool to work with them. It's very cool to see like all of you guys very much so rise together. Yeah, which is something that does not normally happen, especially in an industry like this. Yeah. Usually one person rises, the other people kind of stay behind, da, 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 but it's like mm-hmm. all three of you guys really have like pushed forward in this like experimental kind of forward thinking bass music. Yeah. And it's like super fucking dope. Well, thank and you. I mean, are you guys, you were telling me that you were working on a lot of music that was like non-EDM, especially going yeah. through the period of time where you weren't releasing all of that bullshit. Yeah. And it's like, um, do you have any plans in releasing some of that? Oh, or? yeah, totally. I, I would still classify it as EDM. I would just, I would say it's more, like, vocal-centric. So, like, you know, like, the, the it could be hip-hop, it could be, um, you know, melodic music. It doesn't, like, I, I kind of classify it all under this roof of melodic bass music with me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just having a vocalist in there and tying it into a theme, you know, like, and telling a story. Like that, a that's what's important. Yeah. Like, it, you know, I don't... It doesn't really matter what it is to me. Uh, and that's why I went with a personal brand, too. Like, yeah. you know, my name is Sully. Chris Sullivan of Birthday calls me Chris. I, yeah. My mom, when she's pissed at me. But, um, <laughs> Chris yeah. Sullivan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess my girlfriend, too. But, the, like, it's... It, it, I wanted to go with the personal brand because I think of, you know, a Porter Robinson of the world or, uh, you know, um, or just, like, all these, you know, personal brands that kind of just do what they want, you yeah. know? They do yeah. what they want, and they push they push forward the music that they want to make, and that's that. And people just appreciate the person. Like, I, that's what I wanted to ro- roll with. It made sense for me. And it's my nickname, so it just, like, made things easy. Absolutely. So. And I feel like there's something, like, so uh, cool about being transparent mm-hmm. now, especially in our industry, where the more it used to be more so creating this, like, image where people saw, like, the best 5% of your life and da-da-da. And I feel like, especially in COVID, it broke down that almost fourth wall where you weren't able to connect with your fans and X, Y, and Z, and you came off the road. And then it's, like, your thoughts on social media and the way... and, And it may 
you know, not everyone's going to like you, but at yeah. least the people who fuck with you, like, really fuck with you yeah. because you're being yourself. Yeah. And I think there's something super special in that. And mm-hmm. some sometimes I think artists are kind of scared to tip on toes and piss people off yeah. and do whatever. And it's like, if you're just yourself, you have no reason to apologize for anything. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean... And also, you have no reason to be scared about the music that you want to put out either. Like, it, no. it's, if you're genuine about it and you're making the music that you want to make, who gives a shit? Like, it, like, and I also think the community has gotten a lot better th- at that accepting. over the years, accepting everything, you know, and like, it doesn't really matter. Um, like, they're becoming more versatile. They're like, you know, they'll like house music, they'll like pop music, they'll like dubstep, they'll like trap. It's, it doesn't really matter. It's like they resonate with the person more than anything yeah. and appreciate what they're putting together creatively that's what it's about it's like if you if somebody told me i had to make dubstep for the rest of my life i would lose my mind because then i i couldn't do that there has to be an evolution like there has to be somewhere where an artist like goes to whether mm-hmm. that's in the same genre or switching to another genre i always look at like the visceral project as the perfect oh, yeah. the perfect sacrifice that our scene needed to see yeah. to understand the back end of how important it is to respect like yeah. an artist's decision to do something for themselves and mature their sound or do yeah. something that makes them happy yeah. like that's that's my end is like you should just make music that makes you happy yeah. and and if you're passionate about it someone out there will love it yeah you know and because if you just keep trying to please someone you're always going to be a step behind you're, you're not going to be happy the trend. with yourself either no you're no. not going to be happy with yourself it's and and if you're doing it for the fans or the money you're in a you're in the wrong industry you're in a wrong because industry I'll tell you yeah. right now there's a lot of, like i mean and you, and i'm sure you know this too like there's a like to really make money in this industry you have to like it's not it's just road. shows there's so many pulls of income that you can take in you have to hustle like maybe you get to a point where touring is what you can solely use but like I don't know. I feel like you're just limiting yourself if you don't you like, are, take advantage of everything. We have such a special skill set, and people put themselves in this box. Yeah. And I personally, when like I've gone to like I've been writing pop songs recently, doing more singer songwriter stuff because that's where like, like I came it. from. Yeah. I'd love to send yeah. it to you. I would love to sing on a song yeah. there sometimes. We should really, yeah. Yeah. we should really try and connect and do that. I love Singing it. on all my it. new stuff, and 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 it's it's cool to find that connection. But it's like long term. You know, you want to evolve as an artist. And and when you're experimenting in these different genres, I feel like when we went into COVID, a lot of artists that were predominantly making their income based on touring, they were forced to think outside of the box. And when I go to other industries, or not industries, when I go to other genres and produce, I feel like it's not necessarily easy from a songwriting standpoint because I think making like a dubstep banger is a little bit different than making um, a, a song that's going to have a great shelf life. Yeah. I was talking to like Mitchell the other day, Taboo, yeah, yeah. and he's like, I make two different types of tracks. Yeah. I make fluent, cohesive songs that I pour my all into and and they mean everything from front to back and I want people to listen to them from front to back and then I make tracks yeah. where I'm just going to put out some bangers. It's an amazing way to put it. It's an amazing, amazing way, way to, to put, put it, it right? Yeah. And I was like, that makes so much sense because in the industry that we're in, you have to be on top of the game and continue to stay relevant yeah. and it's important to keep releasing or doing something that's Patreon, podcast, YouTube yeah. channel, you know, just connecting with your fans over social media but at the same time, you want to care about the artwork that yeah. you release and... I feel like if people stopped putting themselves in this bubble, we would have so much insane art. But I yeah. feel like it's very easy to get wrapped up in this niche industry and yeah. never leave it. No, it, I mean, 
And it's and it's not all. It's also not saying that you shouldn't do both. You should absolutely do tracks, and you should do, yes. uh, you know, records, yeah. right? Tracks yeah, and that, records. That's I think I, I think like maybe that like like because that's actually the same exact analogy that I took away from being at Icon too. Like that. Like how was that? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, it's like it changed my life, and yeah, you know, I, I, like people get different experiences out of Icon. You know, there's. Um, you know, there, there. When I was there, at least, there's people that go there for the wrong reasons and the right reasons. You know, um, yeah, a lot. They have an amazing history of artists that have came out of there, obviously. Um, but you know, some people might go in thinking, you know, they're going to be, you know, the next Jaws nightmare slander. It's just not how it works. They were just hungry artists that worked their ass off. When it they comes were there. down to work. Yeah. So I mean, like, I wasn't, you know. When I went there, I was deep in my years of producing. You know, I had been I've been producing since I was in high school, but um, you know, I wasn't great yet. You know, I was uh, I I had a long way to go. So I really used Icon as my opportunity to put my head down every day, focus on like what do I want to become. Like I figured out that you know like Sully was going to be my brainchild. Like that like that's a great brand idea. I figured out all like X Y and Z to make my music better like that's that's what i used it for yeah um i wasn't focused on you know becoming this that or whatever has came out of icon i think you just have to go in there and be a sponge soak up yes. as much information as you can because there's i mean i had a i had a songwriting instructor instructor that worked with cardi b on her last out al- like the yeah. album that one like why wouldn't i ask her questions like it, like why wouldn't I? That yeah, she's a you can learn something from everyone. Like it, you know, like it—it's like even if like I'm not producing or or songwriting for a Cardi B song, it's like if I can uh, if I can take something away from a songwriting class about like emotional intent behind songwriting, right? Like if if I'm working with a vocalist and I I'm getting that um that part of believability from them, you know, like even if it's just that, like. Like, why wouldn't I soak up that information? Absolutely. I mean, and I think that's where it comes to a mindset where you have to understand that you can learn something from anyone. I can learn something from the stage manager and the audio technician and the lighting guy. I can learn something from you and the singer-songwriter down the street. And I remember us having the conversation after that Liquid Strangers show Mm -hmm. that you really have that vision in mind when you work with a vocalist as to what you want yeah. and it was, you were you're one of the I'm sure a lot of artists have the same back end you were one of the only artists that I had really heard that from in a yeah. long time and I think there's something so powerful to that because yeah. you know I hear the same top lines all the time whether it's on Splice whether you get some girl to sing it but it's mm-hmm. like you like I know if I turn on a song perfect example the new Skrillex Noisia oh, Josh Pan dude I literally when I was how is Noisia gonna retire after that I no what? they can't what? they can't I was literally oh my god I got my vaccine shot on Tuesday and I honestly until this morning have been feeling like fucking shit just cause I'm healthy and yeah. like and like it's, it's just the way that it goes yeah and I remember listening to that yesterday and I was literally like a breath of fresh. I was literally like, "This is saving me right now." So good. And like the sub, I was like, "How does the sub sound?" Like Everything How is does sound un- like- unbelievable. But from- but with a song like that, I hear the vocals and I get chills. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it's like that's what you aim for. Yeah. And it's a and it's a like, it's one of like I can tell it's going to be a timeless record too because it's like I I mean right. it is this like. Like I can already I know the melody already you know like I know like the 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 
point of the song, like the the emotional intent that it's trying to deliver, like absolutely, the, like everything about it. It's like uh, it's so good. I don't know how they're going to retire after that. They better I not. Either. I want them to. I want them to say, "Just kidding." We're, we're here's sure. another here's I mean, another 15 track album for you guys. Uh, we're back. <laughs> they did they did some stuff with this um, group named Sleepnet that I had. I I've at, heard yeah, and it, she, that shit was wild. Just like. Following she like I do, I got put on to sleep now. Yeah, yeah, fucking insane. I love going down that little black hole of yeah. like the pendulum noisia kind oh, of yeah. realm. I mean, they're the best in the game. Like, no. just sound oh, design absolutely. And, absolutely. Oh I'm just uh, like, how did that happen? They're like noisia, noisia, yeah. noisia. <laughs> they're but so good I at totally like, get that. They're so good at making songs sound like the track titles, or, yeah. like tentacles. Literally sounds like a octopus is just swimming like, up to me and just swallowing me whole like yeah. the way they change the vocal and every like it's it's, it's amazing they're gods, gods. But, they're yeah. so good but besides that point yeah um i'm really happy you're back on the road yeah. i'm really happy you're releasing music Thank you. i imagine you have a lot of music to share with us very I soon i have a lot uh so i had so we just did the single yep um and, end of the yep, yep. and then and so for the next nine months, I think, we have releases every month with Wakan. Good. Which is going to be great. Yeah. Um, or, you know, at least, is, of course, uh, everything goes according to plan. Yes. But um, uh, we have EP at the end of this month, uh, new, four new tracks. Sweet. Um, and then me and G-Rex have a collab EP Ooh. that we are uh, five Let's tracks. Go. And we're going to begin rolling that out uh, in August and September. Right in time for Lost Lands. Uh, and then, at that moment in time, uh, Dirt Monkey collab, too. Yeah, I have one with Dirt Monkey that we're planning on putting out this year. And at nice. that point in time, I'll be uh, starting to switch towards, like, pretty much full on, like, some of these records that I have with vocalists. So. Very excited yeah. to hear. I'm very happy for you. Thank, Thank you. you so much for coming on today. Oh, absolutely. I'm Thank you I for having me. Yeah. I remember how you were like, once we get this shit figured out, I'll come on the podcast. Yeah. And then this happens. How perfect, perfect is it, timing-wise? Right? right? Yeah. I know. So Thank perfect. you so much. Yeah. We're coming to you from Forbidden Kingdom. Fucking catch us set tomorrow with Con Takeover. Peace, everybody. Peace. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the XO Podcast. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you that are return listeners and viewers. It means the world to me. And do not forget to check out my Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash this is Lizzie Jane for a first opportunity to hear these podcasts ad-free. Give us some input who you want to see on the podcast. Ask questions, one-on-one lessons, group lessons, live streams, and so much more. This is Lizzie Jane, and I'll see you next week for another episode of the EXO Podcast.